0: You're listening to the All-American Hour with Geordie and the Chief. Good morning. Welcome to the All-American Hour on SCN with Geordie and the Chief. It's great to be with you for another edition of the show. It's uh, been two weeks since we last did our our last episode because Chief was, uh, well, we'll get into that in a second because it was a very exciting weekend that you had last week, Chief. But how are you, Chief, all the way over there in New York?
1: I'm doing great, Geordie, and uh, happy to be back with you guys. missed you for a week there. So where were you? Because you, you were on, on
0: your your own uh, sporting adventure last week, I hear.
1: Yes, yeah, so I was at a Santa Anita Racetrack out uh, in Southern California, in Arcadia, California, near Pasadena, in the greater Los Angeles area. Two days of great racing, um, uh, 14 Breeders' Cup races, five on Friday, nine on Saturday, uh, the five uh, on Friday juvenile races, and then uh, nine Saturday, you know, various uh, distances, obviously turf and dirt, and uh, male, females, and uh, pretty much every permutation. And it was uh, it was a blast. It's one of the great venues uh, for horse racing in the U.S. Beautiful backdrop with the uh, mountains in the background and perfect weather. And um, yeah, it was a great couple of days. You know, c- celebrities and um, you know a lot that uh, Los Angeles has to offer.
0: Fantastic, sounds great. Do you get out there often to the Breeders' Cup?
1: Uh, yeah you know I had a great run where I went to about 12 13 in a row and then I had a conflict same year the the New York Mets were in the World Series there was, so I missed a couple and then uh, but I, I especially love going on the west coast in, in early November you get a nice uh, once it gets cold here you have a nice warm weekend um, always enjoy spending Sunday out uh, and watch football games early in the morning and have breakfast at a fun sports bar and no, it's great. Next two years will be at Del Mar Racetrack, which is south, cl- closer to San Diego, uh, right on the on the Pacific Ocean. Another beautiful venue, and it'll be there in 2024 and 2025. Uh, not too far a trip for you guys if you guys are horse racing fans. The problem is it does conflict always with the Melbourne Cup. Yeah. Uh, though I know some friends. One year I did the double. I did the uh, Breeders' Cup into Melbourne Cup had a buddy of mine brad blanks just did that uh combo wow. as well so uh yeah, that's fun if you can pull it off
0: have you yeah so what, what what's been your melbourne cup experience
1: uh two thousand and twelve um a just uh, you know just a fantastic time and uh great week in uh in melbourne and and sydney and uh the actual race is just fantastic experience really uh really the on another level than than horse racing here kind of. More on par with a uh, Super Bowl, but with a whole lot more people.
0: So we've got a lot to catch up on uh, in the last uh, from the last two weeks. Obviously, we'll uh, we'll put a focus on the NFL week number ten coming up uh, this week. Started a few nights ago with Thursday night football, which we'll touch on in a second. But plenty of big games coming up this week. Week nine last week and week ten this week um, as we hit the halfway mark of this uh, regular NFL season. Feels like have been and will be pivotal weeks in in the way that the season is shaping up. So we'll do our preview of that in a second. We'll run through the big games this morning from the college football scene. There are live scores uh, coming through right now, which we'll touch on in a moment, but uh, some big games, a couple of top 10 teams in the AP poll playing each other uh, this morning. The NBA well and truly underway. The NHL, we're a month into the season there. And uh, UFC as well today, coming up in uh, right around the corner from you, uh, Chief, in New York. But um, the last uh, couple of weeks, um, there's been a bit happening, so I want to touch on um, on obviously the NFL and the NBA as sort of the mainstream sports, which which we love to give plenty of attention to here. But um, to quickly back over what was one of our major topics over the last couple of weeks was the, the Major League World Series uh, and the playoffs, the postseason in general. Uh, we had the, the World Series. It was done in, in five games. The Texas Rangers got the win 4-1. Over the Arizona Diamondbacks, great result for Texas, huge for them. Uh, their first ever World Series, so monumental effort for the Rangers, and, and congrats to them. But overall, Chief, was it a was it a was it an enthralling series? I feel like the ALCS and the NLCS were were so um were, had so much drama to it that the World Series had to be you know almost all time to live up to the to the phase of the playoffs beforehand. So I don't know, did it live up to the expectation for you, the World Series?
1: No, no, certainly it was disappointing. Yeah, you had two seven-game series in the league championships, the AL and NLCS both going seven games. And with the five-game World Series, Game 1 was the highlight where uh, Texas trailed late, uh, came back. Corey Seager hit a two-run homer to tie it, and Adoles Garcia hit a uh, game winner to win Game 1. And that was the clearly the highlight of the series. Then Garcia ends up getting hurt and, and uh, was removed from the the series, but Corey Seager carried the uh, Rangers and won the MVP. His second World Series MVP previously had one in 2020 with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So Corey Seager really uh, cementing his name in history as an all-time clutch player and and really a great in, uh, in Corey Seager. And yeah, it was just kind of disappointing. A lot of blowout games, a lot of early lopsided games. The Rangers really uh, winning. and Really, their bats were were the story of, of the series.
0: So the World Series uh, from the Texas Rangers, they got the win. And then we had the NASCAR uh, Cup Series Championship was run and won last week uh, by Ryan Blaney, his first title. But the actual Drivers' Championship race um, came down to a whisker in it between the top three drivers in the standings. And it was uh, a pretty thrilling finish in the NASCAR.
1: Yes, yes, it was. Um, unfortunately, yeah, we talked about Martin Truex Jr. and his uh, his uh, Melbourne uh, uh, native crew chief. Unfortunately, they were eliminated a couple races ago. And yeah, you had a great final race. And um, NASCAR really trying to promote these younger stars, not really mainstream names uh, across sports. And yeah, NASCAR's had uh, had some problems replacing kind of uh, about fifteen twenty years ago. There were so many notable stars that really kind of crossed over and. uh, Due to a lot of different reasons, um, it hasn't been the case. They have uh, certainly lost a lot of popularity, but um, obviously, congratulations there to the to the cup winner.
0: All right, the big week in the NFL, uh, the big news in the NFL last week was uh, the Las Vegas Raiders firing their head coach Josh McDaniels. He was uh, he took the job at the start of last season after uh, the year prior to that when John Gruden had to step aside for. Uh, those emails that were sent, um, Rich Basacchi then came in and probably was unlucky to miss out on the full-time job. It was given to Josh McDaniels, in the end. And then after a Thursday night football game uh, a few uh, a few nights ago, or was it Monday night actually against Detroit? Um, Josh McDaniels was uh, was given his marching orders, and so um, he is uh, is the first coach to to fall on his sword this NFL season. It, I don't think it comes as any great surprise. To be to be fair, um, the Raiders hadn't been really that potent at all Um, you know they've got a they've got some good um, pieces on on defense um, you know individual individual wise but uh, the overall um, picture just wasn't working for the Raiders and so Josh McDaniels uh, has been fired and they've got Antonio Pierce as the interim for the remainder of the season now who's a who's a you know a Raiders born and bred kind of guy but uh, was it I don't know what's been the fallout from the Raiders uh, firing their coach Josh McDaniels in the last week or so Chief?
1: Yeah, well, it's generally not that common to see coaches get fired midseason. It happens, you know, two, three at the most in a year, so, um, and not surprising, though. Uh, Really a lot of um, just negativity overall with the, the whole franchise, and yeah, again, the offense, Josh McDaniels is an offensive coach, and the offense just wasn't there. I know, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback, you know, really hadn't been healthy, but just the inability to get Devontae Adams, who's certainly a superstar, um, the ball in any way uh, has been a big problem, and um, they had a great running game last year, that was at least one positive part of their game, and that's kind of fallen apart too, so yeah, not so surprising, and Antonio Pierce, uh, you know, a former New York Giant who um, hosted the New York Giants and absolutely whooped them, I mean, just a, a complete... Dominant performance by the Raiders over the New York Giants. That has a lot to say with the Giants too, but really shows that uh, the Raiders weren't playing for their coach and how you know, quickly um, so much motivation and and attention to uh, f- and focus. Uh, and I think that's what Antonio Pierce just did in a week. Is obviously uh, Jock Daniels failed at, at keeping his team uh, energized, focused, um, on top of maybe even Exodus and O's issues.
0: How how um, wedded to a coach. Uh... NFL teams I mean we see in, in world sport uh, let's use let's use um, soccer for example football where, where they you know in in Europe or anywhere else they are pretty quick to fire their coaches if, if things aren't going well you know you can see a coach in in the Premier League or anywhere around Europe in a job for maybe a couple of weeks and if the results aren't picking up after that they can they can be shown the door how much um, how much uh, leeway and and uh, and opportunity do coaches get? Uh, in the NFL, generally speaking, if things you know aren't going that well, but how much faith is shown for the long term?
1: Yeah, a lot more because it, it's really a, a whole program and strategy and coaches come in with really whole schemes and you really have to give them. I mean, it's very rare that a coach doesn't last a full year. I mean, a full year um, almost is a certainty. Um, you see maybe, you know, times that it will just be a year, but usually you've got to give a coach even two years to, from the start. Um but you know there'll be instances where there's just complete failure or something happens. But it's it's different. Um, NHL hockey is a little bit more uh, closer to that European <laughs> that soccer style, where you will see some little bit. Not not as nothing as severe as that. But uh, no, the NFL you usually do have a lot more time and leeway. But uh, um, and and we'll see what happens. Antonio appears just an interim coach, so. Um, you know, again, when you're an interim coach, yeah, it's you. You might just be filling out the rest of the year. Um, we've seen that quite often, where uh, coach just lasts a few weeks just as an interim, but uh, doesn't get a chance to become the head coach. But the performance by the Raiders last week, it's it's interesting. Uh, Antonio P- Pierce really did get them motivated.
0: All right, before we head to the break, Chief, our star of the week this week, and we'll open this up to the text messages as well. Zero four double three. 98 11 16 on the 40 wings temper text the best uh will uh, the best nomination for your star of the week will get a six pack of all american draft beer for the best text root for your team and enjoy all american draft drink responsibly 4 98 11 16 chief who has been uh who's been the, the best performer in sport this week
1: well, I'm going to give you two because it was two weeks. So I have to give a shout out to Aiden O'Brien, who won the uh, trained the juvenile turf winner and the turf winner uh, August Rodin um, at the Breeders' Cup. So I have to give out him a shout out. But the other uh, star of the week in the NFL, I'm going to go C.J. Stroud and the rookie quarterback for the Houston Texans. Uh, 470 yards passing, five touchdowns, both rookie records to bring the team to four and four. And really, in playoff contention, you know the Texans, one of the worst teams in the league last year, um, went and uh, brought in a new head coach, a defensive a, a linebacker. We're talking about Antonio Pierce, former linebacker, uh, D'Amico Ryan's, who's a linebacker there, head coach now of the Houston Texans. But CJ Stroud coming back late in the game, high-scoring shootout, obviously with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But uh, CJ Stroud, my, my star of the week, four hundred seventy yards. Five touchdowns, and the Houston Texans are at 500.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I'm going to give a a star of the week to, I know we sort of try to to narrow it down to, to one person or one individual, but can I just say the AFC North in general? I mean, this this division in football is so, uh, it's so close. Every team in the AFC right now is, uh, in the playoff picture, making the playoffs. They've got all wildcard positions. Now, obviously, there's still half a season to go in the regular season, so that'll definitely change but uh, all teams have winning records the Browns the Steelers the Bengals and the Ravens who are on top of the division but they're all flying at the moment they've all got their own strengths and weaknesses you've got the more defensive-minded Browns and Steelers you've got the the great offense of the Cincinnati Bengals and then you've got the Ravens who have been um, a little bit more all-round they showed both the uh, strengths on offense and defense last week against the Seahawks but that whole division is just so competitive and um, and and the best division in football you'd say chief
1: oh no absolutely uh yeah. It's amazing that, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers being 5-3, and three, that seems a little bit of smoke and mirrors. But again, that's a coach that always seems to just win games in ugly fashion. But uh, I think the Bengals are, you know, they've really turned it on. I think the first few weeks of the year, Joe Burrow uh, nursing a calf injury. He's healthy, and they're flying high. And yeah, the Ravens are... Uh, a plus 115-point differential, um, just by far the best in the league, really playing uh, not great football and uh, on both sides of the ball. That's why certainly the Ravens are the best team in the division. But Bengals are coming strong. And with Deshaun Watson healthy, with the Browns, their defense is, is very good too. So it is a strong division, and Steelers always win games.
0: All right, if you've got a nomination for who the star of the week is, the best performer in sport, it can be a player, it can be a coach, it can be someone off field, if you want, you can send through those text messages on 0433 98 on the 40 Winks temper text here on the All-American Hour. And the best nomination at the end of the program today will get a six-pack of All-American Draft beer. Root for your team and enjoy All-American Draft. Drink responsibly. NFL Week 10 this week, and there's... uh, there's a handful of uh, of great matches coming our way, which we'll get stuck in into a stuck in in a moment. But uh, your general sort of, um, uh, I guess, in in brief recap of the first half of the regular season, what have you made of this NFL campaign so far?
1: Uh, well, one, it always goes so fast. It felt like the season just started, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I really think it's it's wide open. I mean, other than I think the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs, who just have the best player who in the big spots, uh, can just win a game and Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback and, and, a really improved defense. Um, just feels like there's a lot of teams vying for a, for a chance to, to make a Super Bowl run and that the playoff games, I think you're going to be hotly contested. I don't think you're going to see uh, huge favorites, um, in games. I think you're going to have, uh, I think some opportunity for, for some fresh, I think some fresh teams make deep runs. So, uh, I think it's it's going to be a real fun second half and setting up for, a, uh, I think, a potentially a really, really special uh, playoffs. So this week, the, the games to look out for, uh,
0: San Francisco firstly against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both teams have winning records, both teams coming off a bye. The Jags have a five-game winning streak uh, just before the bye. So they're on a five-game run right now. And the San Francisco 49ers started the season with a five-game run. And after week five, Chief, we were saying, well, they're the best team in football, aren't they? The best team, they've got the best defense, the best weapons on offense. They've since lost their next three games and they've been restricted to 17 points on offense in each of those three losses, which is the equivalent of two touchdowns and a field goal. And that's that's not a lot of points on the board, especially when your defense has been um, uncharacteristically... Uh, getting leakier and leakier. They've conceded 19, 22, and then 31 points in their last game. Still got the winning record, but this is a, a huge game now this week uh, in Week 10 with uh, both teams um, obviously still on, on the winning record, as I said, but uh, in, in different sort of points of, of form right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is wild. Both teams coming off their bye week, and San Francisco needing it. Well, they both really need it, considering Jacksonville had that Europe. Uh, UK trip for a couple games, and San Francisco is dealing with so many injuries, so they're both coming off the bye. Uh, We should see uh, Debo Samuel back for San Francisco. That's a real big weapon that they have been missing. Uh, I think Brock Purdy really been dealing with a potential concussion or head injury. I think his time off is very key. Uh, Trent Williams, the star tackle uh, for San Francisco is a game time decision, but hopefully he'll play. But on the Jacksonville side, you're seeing both sides of the ball really succeed. And I, I think when I said I'm really excited for the fresh faces, I think you can see uh, Trevor Lawrence really become more of a, a face and superstar of the NFL. Uh, you're starting to see it. He's getting weapons with um, uh, Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. and, and Travis Etienne is fantastic uh, running back. And the defense really, really strong. They drafted a lot of top picks on defense and they're starting to really perform so I actually think Jacksonville's going to win this game I think they a one o'clock game in the east coast again that's a disadvantage for San Francisco and uh, I think Jacksonville makes it six in a row I still think at the end of the season San Francisco fully healthy and a better spot can can make a very deep playoff run though a lot of question marks now on Brock Purdy and he's starting to get a lot more of a microscope on him so, uh, we we'll see how he handles the pressure of Jacksonville, and I think it could be tr- tricky on the road. Uh, I like Jacksonville. yeah, I, I can't
0: remember who I tipped. I did my tips yesterday, but there are so many close games <laughs> this week. I think i I think I went with San Francisco because I feel like it's a safe option, but Jacksonville are at home. Uh, Cleveland take on Baltimore, an AFC North uh, divisional rivalry match. This game is part of the five a m window tomorrow, so the early window. For Sunday football over there in the states, but um, but these teams, as I mentioned earlier, the whole AFC North with a winning record. The Ravens seven and two, the Browns five and three. The Browns will be feeling very confident right now after shutting out the uh, the lowly Arizona Cardinals last week, uh, keeping them to a twenty-seven to nil scoreline. And Baltimore, similar against uh, Seattle, who are much more highly rated uh they held them to a 37 to 3 scoreline which was probably the statement result for the Baltimore Ravens this season
1: yeah and they've actually had a couple of those as i said they're plus 115 on the year by far uh, the most uh, points scored versus points allowed uh, in the NFL. And they're big favorites in this game, six and a half point favorites, almost a touchdown favorite uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. And I think they win by more than that. I think uh, Cleveland has a slight edge on defense, and Baltimore has a massive edge on the offensive side, and certainly a quarterback with Lamar Jackson. So uh, even though, yeah, division rivalry, um, I think maybe be a little bit of a close game. I think uh, Baltimore continues to roll and, uh, and wins uh, you know, by double digits.
0: The, staying with the AFC North. I've tipped Baltimore out naturally as I would as a Ravens fan, uh, staying with the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Houston Texans. Now the Texans have become, uh, I don't know if you'd class them as a must watch team just yet, but they are definitely a lot more interesting to watch now than they have been in the last couple of years with CJ Stroud at quarterback. Uh, he was your star of the week earlier in the show. Um, some of the young players they've got coming through as well, like like Tank Dell, the young wide receiver who's... Um, who's been pretty exciting when he's been involved this season. Uh, it's, it's coming along as, as a good-looking team. They're 4-4, four and four, so it's, you know, it's a modest record so far, but still better than, than seasons past for the Texans. But they travel to the Bengals, who have got that winning form up now. They've, uh, they've won f- uh, four games in a row either side of the bye a few weeks back, um, and they are at home, the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll be tipping the Bengals. I expect them to win, but I do expect the Texans to, to compete somewhat in this match.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, similar point spread there. It's six and a half, seven, you know, almost a touchdown there. But I could see, uh, used to keeping this close and being in it at the end. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's defensive head coach. Um, they also drafted a, a big defensive player in Will Anderson, uh, right at the top of the sh- same draft uh, to go at a, a superstar quarterback potentially, and he looks like he's going to be one. C.J. Stroud played college at Ohio State, so back to the state of Ohio in Cincinnati, and I, I wouldn't even be shocked if, if they could pull off the upset Houston. They're a team that I could see, um, you know, Cincinnati coming off of a, uh, you know, big uh, Sunday night win over over Buffalo, and, you know, very emotional game. Now they're back at home, but I could see them having a very, uh, kind of a week where they're, they're not giving Houston respect, so i I'd give the Houston Texans a real chance to upset them. One
0: game which is really hard to get a read on is the New Orleans Saints against the Minnesota Vikings. Both teams are five and four, so they've picked up wins. They've got favourable records right now, and are both positions, you know, reasonably well in their. Well, so the Saints are; they're, they're top of their division right now, the AFC, uh, the NFC uh, South, and the Vikings are, uh, are just sitting behind in the uh, behind the Lions in the NFC North. Uh, but you wouldn't say, even though they've got a 5-4 and four win-loss record, that neither team have been convincing this season all the way through. The Saints' wins have been sort of spread out, a um, couple of wins at the start of the season, then a losing streak, and now they've won two games in a row. Uh, the Vikings started really poorly. They've now gone on a winning streak, but, but lost Kirk Cousins, their quarterback, a fortnight ago. They did win last week with Josh Dobbs um, in the seat at quarterback, but it's uh, with the form of the Saints, with the injuries of the Vikings... I sort of don't know which way to go. I think I've tipped in the favor of the Vikings at home this week, but it, this is a, a
1: 50-50 coin flip match. I, I totally agree. I'm actually kind of surprised to see the Saints are a little bit of favorites here. Um, two and a half points, I guess they're like uh, you know, a seventy or so, um, which I, I, I'm kind of a bit surprised because considering Josh Dobbs now has a whole week to study the playbook, he came in not knowing any of the plays, not knowing any of the players' names, and came in and came back in that game replacing uh, the, the the now backup to Kirk Cousins, who now is the third string quarterback um, in the game. So Josh Dobbs, really uh, just an incredible performance to lead them back um, and learning the playbook literally on the fly and having the coach having to kind of uh, tell him what the play means because there's verbiage differences and different systems, and uh, this is a different one uh, than where Josh Dobbs was just in Arizona and traded uh, at the deadline. So, th- again, this is a very hard game to kind of uh, uh, really tip uh, one way or the other. Saints are oddly favored, but I, I kind of like Minnesota at home. Uh, I would certainly um, – I would even take the two-and-a-half. I could see it being like a one-point game or a tie or something. You <laughs> still have ties. so Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, they, yep. last
0: week's win was uh, was three points, and that was against uh, the Atlanta Falcons who, you know, they're a, they're a plucky sort of mid-table uh, team this season, the Falcons. So it's still, you know, it still takes a bit of effort to, to beat the Falcons. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the Vikings did that last week, and the Saints – is their next opponent at home uh, here, the Vikings. And the last game, which we'll go in depth in, is the Jets and the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, and simply uh, for the fact of what we mentioned earlier is, uh, well, they've got the interim coach now, Antonio Pierce. He picked up win number one for his interim campaign last week against one New York team, beating the Giants. Now they've got the other New York team, the Jets, this week. But can the Jets... Uh, pick up a win for themselves. They um, they lost to the to the Chargers last week, but had actually won three games prior to that. Can they get back on the winners' list at uh, traveling to Las Vegas?
1: Well, this is actually a pick'em game. This is there's you know this is a total toss-up. Um, yeah, the Raiders had such an emotional victory that first game with the head coach. He always does seem to give the the team a bit of edge. You just kind of wonder if they can keep that rolling. Um, But I'm going to go with the Raiders here just with just how poor the Jets' um, offense is. And you talked about the individual stars on the defensive side for the Oakland Raiders. And that defense played really well. And I think they can keep playing well. Max Crosby is a special pass rusher. And the Jets have a hard time against a special pass rusher. Just saw Joey Bosa accidentally light him up and, and Khalil Mack. So uh, I think it'll be a very similar game where Zach Wilson's on his butt and he can't really make plays, which he has a hard time doing anyway. So uh, I'll go with the Raiders in that.
0: Yeah, Max Crosby, is he one of the scariest defenders in the league?
1: <laughs> he, he certainly looks it. And just the way he attacks the quarterback. And uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great pass rushers. As I mentioned, uh, Joey Bosa's his brother Nick Bosa with the 49ers, Miles Garrett with the uh, mm. Cleveland Browns. But Max Crosby has just got a little bit more... Yeah, I don't know. I think, again, he really is like a classic Raider, you know, yeah. really. If you look at historically <laughs> the tattoos and uh, uh, he's, he's I think, going to be the uh, difference maker in that game against the Jets. Yeah,
0: that's the Sunday night football match as well, so for Australian audiences that'll be uh, around half past midday Australian Eastern Daylight time. Uh, now the rest of the matches, let's uh, fly through these ones. The game in Germany this week is Indianapolis against New England. Uh, I'll go with the Colts here. The, the Patriots uh, haven't really picked up in form. They've lost uh five of their last six games uh new england so uh, my tip is the colts
1: uh, i'm with you there with the colts yeah it's it's unfortunate big downgrade from uh chiefs and dolphins to now uh you know to these lowly teams uh for germany
0: yeah uh, green <laughs> bay take on pittsburgh uh, got back on the winners list last week the uh the green bay packers good for jordan love but the pittsburgh Steelers at home with that that defense uh it's hard to go past them
1: yeah, like we say, they're, they're minus 30 this year, but 5-3. and three. So Pittsburgh's actually negative, but that means they win close games and probably win this one because it should be a close game.
0: Tennessee and Tampa Bay, close on paper, both are 3-5. and five. They've both uh, had a few losing streaks, in particular the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've lost four in a row now, so things are starting to slip away from them. The Titans are just picking up wins here and there. Um, I feel like going for the Titans here. It is in Tampa Bay, but, uh, but Tennessee for me.
1: Yeah, I, Will Levis, he's got the job as the starting quarterback the rest of the year for the Tennessee Titans, as long as he can stay healthy, and uh, I think he will. I think he's uh, shown to be a pretty good performer, and yeah, I'll go with Tennessee there too.
0: Yeah, they don't lose by much either. Last week's loss against Pittsburgh at Tennessee was only by four points, and that was in Pittsburgh too, so that's a you know, respectable effort for a, a, a rookie uh, quarterback. Uh, Atlanta against Arizona, you've simply got to go the Falcons here after the Cardinals were shut out and didn't score a single point last week.
1: Oh, big, big quarterback change. We have Kyler Murray oh, instead of Toon. Right. Uh, yes, yeah. It was uh, the third string quarterback, Toon. I'm blanking on his first name. I'm think sorry for cool. Mr. Toon there. Lighten, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds right. Uh, but obviously, shut out against the Cleveland Browns. But now we got Kyler Murray. Uh, you know, the theory was Arizona trying to tank the season, but obviously uh, giving themselves a real chance to win with. Uh, you know, extremely talented quarterback and a big upgrade. Uh, it'll be Taylor Heineke for Atlanta, who is slightly favored. Um, I'm going to go with Atlanta still win the game because I actually like Tyler Heineke. I think he's yeah. <laughs> he's going to win the game. And I think, you know, there's still a lot of rush with Kyler Murray. And, uh, you know, he's coming back from an ACL injury. Um, I don't know how mobile he'll be to start. So uh, go Atlanta.
0: Yeah, Heineke's been uh, but been nothing but all heart uh, since, he's, uh, since he made his NFL debut. You know you'll get 100% from him. Uh, the Detroit Lions against the LA Chargers. The Chargers uh, have been winning their last couple of games, albeit against uh, lower-ranked opponents like the Bears and the Jets in the last fortnight. And now they take on Detroit, who have been flying this season. They've won, uh, what's that, six, uh, five of their last six games, the Lions. So for me, even though they are away uh, to uh, to Los Angeles in very different climate, I'm tipping Detroit.
1: Oh, this is a real good one. This really could have been in the in the first bunch for sure. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers at home. Again, they're not going to have much of a home field advantage. There's going to be tons of Detroit Lions fans at that game. Uh, But uh, Jared Goff coming back to uh, L.A. where he played for the Rams. But uh, I'm like. uh, i a big Justin Herbert fan, and I'm going to go Chargers. They're actually three-point underdogs, so I'm going to to take the Chargers to pull off a slight upset. The
0: Giants take on the Dallas Cowboys. We've got young Tommy DeVito starting for New York. Uh, who becomes the 10th rookie quarterback to be a starter this season, which is a record in any single season for the NFL. We've had more rookie quarterbacks this season than ever before. Uh, The Cowboys, though, hosting this game at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington.
1: Well, you know, we talk about point spreads. I think we're up to about 18, which doesn't really (laughs) seem high enough considering the first game of the year. Dallas beat the Giants forty to nothing in in Giants in in MetLife Stadium here in New York, and now it's Tommy DeVito. Just uh, he's living, still living with his parents in North Jersey, as uh, North Jersey Italian American would. And uh, and (laughs) he's uh, yeah, I I mean, I I don't know what to say here at this point. Eighteen seems low. Um, The the money is probably going to go to about twenty. Maybe the Giants could keep it within twenty. I don't know.
0: Uh, the commanders who have been a sneaky 4 and 5 team this season they've picked up a couple of nice little wins along the way and the seahawks are 5 and 3 they lost to the to the baltimore ravens last week and would be wanting to bounce back after being restricted to just one field goal they host the commanders here and i think I- i'm predicting the seahawks will uh, will, will respond
1: yeah, I would think so. Uh, Sam Howell's been pretty good at quarterback for the Commanders. They just always seem to lose games. It can be close. It's actually a six-point spread. I wouldn't necessarily tip that one way or the other, but I would expect Seattle to win for sure.
0: Yeah, I think all of their, or just the majority of their losses have been uh, one score or less uh, for the Commanders this season. So they're in most of the games they play, um, so uh, hopefully for this match that they can uh, they can stay close to the Seahawks. And the last game is the Monday night game. Denver against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are 5-4. and four. They've uh, they haven't really put much form together. They've gone loss-win-loss-win-loss win, loss, win, loss in the last uh, five or so weeks. So uh, they need to start stringing some consecutive wins together and hopefully it starts for them on, uh, on Monday night.
1: Yeah, and, and, and talking about point differential, they're 5 and 4, and they're a plus 80, uh, which means they lose close games, but they win big, and they can win big. I think this is actually going to be a very lopsided win. I think the Bills finally blow out a team, and uh, I mean, finally get one going. They, early in the year, they had some big blowouts, and I think they, they win big in this one uh, against Denver.
0: All right, there we go. That's our week 10 preview of the NFL done. 0433981116 off of the 40 Winks tempered text sent through your text messages to nominate your star of the week this week, who has been the best performer uh, in US sport. And one that came in from Tim in Brighton says, G'day, Geordie and the Chief. My team of the week has to be a high school team, Phoebus. Phoebus beat Jamestown in a playoff game by 104 to nil scoreline. That's not a typo. Tim from Brighton. Did you hear about this, Chief?
1: I did not. Uh, I'll <laughs> be honest, sometimes those score lines are a little bit frowned upon <laughs> in that, you know, you don't want to really run up a score. There's obviously a major imbalance in talent there, but uh, uh, I, I missed that one, but um, yeah, they would be certainly stars, that's for sure, to, to be able to win like that. There you go, Tim from Brighton. You can send <laughs> yeah. through your text
0: messages 0433981116 giving away a six-pack of All-American draft beer for the best text this morning on the All-American Hour. Root for your team and enjoy All-American Draft. Chief, I want to ask you about the college football scene. We are in the midst of the games for this week right now. There are live scores happening. There have been completed scores as well, including Michigan getting their 10th win of the season. They're 10-0, the number three team in the rankings. They beat the number 10 team, Penn State, 24-15. to 15. It was a close game this morning. But uh, the bigger picture with Michigan has been the sign-stealing scandal that they've been embroiled in now over the last month or so once it was, uh, um, once the, the the story broke. And uh, there has been some repercussions now for their coach, Jim Harbaugh. What's been the latest in this?
1: Yeah, he has been suspended for game days. So he was suspended for today's game and found out just before he was about to travel from uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan to College uh, Station, uh, College Park, sorry, uh, uh, Pens- uh, Pennsylvania, and just a... Uh, State College, Pennsylvania. I don't know I'm blanking on that. Um, and it just, yeah, a real uh, kind of uh, shocker that he was suspended, but kind of a weird situation where he'll be able to coach during the week, just can't be on the sidelines on Saturdays. And they're uh, going to play Maryland, and then uh, a huge game against Ohio State, really uh, in the uh, national championship picture. But um, it's for the regular season. So, again, some people are upset that it's not a full uh, through the playoffs or that they're still eligible for the playoffs. Some people are upset that he suspended at all. Um, again, it's just so hard to know what the the truth is and there's investigations and there's legal issues. So it's, it's a total mess. And it's unfortunate because uh, you want to talk about what's going on between the lines. And Michigan, extremely talented team on the football field. And right there in the mix with Florida State, Georgia, uh, and, uh, yeah, Ohio State uh, just... Uh, Real, real great group of, uh,
0: of top teams. So what's uh, have they uncovered more information about what, what happened during all of this?
1: Well, again, it's, it involves this one gentleman named Connor Stallions who uh, has records of taking trips to road games uh, f- with Michigan future opponents and potentially taking video. Video is the key. If he did that, that's against the rules and that would be uh, punishable. And... There's some proof, maybe, of of some clear sideline discussions where they recognize a sign. So they're using as much uh, video and and potential evidence to try to build a case. And of course, Michigan is doing the same to fight it. So it's uh, it's going to be a, a kind of an unfortunate situation, battled maybe in court.
0: And a quick one before we uh, take our final uh, break. The uh, game on right now that I'm looking at here on ESPN. Australia is uh, is number four ranked Florida State against uh, against Miami the U. Um, Florida ranks number four as I said Miami unranked but still with a winning record this season is this a big rivalry match? How how, how fierce is the uh, this uh, this Florida matchup?
1: Oh yeah, it's a, it's a big rivalry game. Uh, Miami way downstate, uh, Florida State up upstate in uh, the capital city of Tallahassee in Florida. Um, yeah, Florida State big favorites here to over ten point favorites because. Uh, yeah, they're one of the top teams in the league. If They would be in the, the playoffs right now if the season were to end. So uh, 10-7 going into the half. Very close game in Florida State. Uh, Miami really trying to pull off uh, what would be a big upset and it would be very big for their uh, their fan base to beat a yeah a big-time rival.
0: Aaron from Airport West off the text says, Any chance the Bears fire Matt Eberfluss in coming weeks? It's not looking good. Disappointed Bears fan, says Aaron. That's off the back of a win as well against Carolina. Uh, what uh, what to, what do you reckon,
1: Chief? I'd be shocked if he wasn't fired before the end of the season. Now, very potentially at the end of the season, they could decide to go in a new direction. But with you know Justin Fields getting injured, I think that's a, a good enough excuse. And the fact that they've actually performed very well with a quarterback without much pedigree—he was a Division II quarterback and uh, fourth string to start the season—I I think uh, he's got a little bit of uh, of. of let, excuses to give them some room
0: and uh, a quick one on the nba uh we haven't touched on the nba much on this episode chief but the nba uh we're in the middle of a of an in-season tournament uh so it's a tournament within the nba competition overall what's this
1: all about yeah this is the second night last night of an in-season tournament which is kind of redundant considering the championship is won in a tournament format but trying to make some money and kind of copy the european format so they created kind of a cup type system, where uh, they're right now in a group stage, and point differential is actually a factor, so there was nearly a fight, as normally uh, players are dribbling it out at the end, Uh, Drell Embiid chucked up a three, and (laughs) the other team wanted to go after him, and then there was almost a fight between teammates, because one guy was just dribbling out, instead of adding to the lead, because, uh, uh, you know, so the players don't really know the rules, the fans don't really know what's going on. But, you know, the NBA is trying to make more money. They paint the courts all different crazy colors. So that's one difference. And teams are wearing some silly-looking uniforms. But (laughs) I I just don't see how it's necessary. And I also think – I don't think the fans have really taken to it.
0: Chief, that's it for today's episode. It's been a pleasure. We'll uh, we'll catch up again next
1: week. Oh, thank you, Jordy. Looking forward to it.
0: That's been the All-American Hour with Jordy and the Chief.